Uh, welcome to the uh, DIY Musician Guide podcast, episode 16. Yes, it's 16. 16 fortnights of this. Although, I say fortnights, we've had one or two times where school has kind of got in the way, so we have to move the podcast. Well, like school, today. yeah, today, but we've kicked the kids out. We've kicked the kids out. So, so are they back tomorrow? Is that why we wouldn't be able to do the podcast tomorrow? Yes. Ah, okay. Let me put a banner on here. We are. Boom. There we go. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk about things that we've missed along the last couple of weeks. So Valentine's Day, have you been doing anything for Valentine's Day forever? I don't think you're the kind of Valentine's Day kind of person. No. Funnily enough, no. But you're not um, one of those. You don't. You're not one of those complainers who, who just say, "Oh, it's just a day. You should love your partner every day of the year." I hate those people. <laughs> it's just like, who cares? I, don't, I just don't really care about it. it yeah. It's not that. Oh, you know, gotta love p- partner every day. It's like, yeah, you've, you you do. You should do, but it, it, that kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? But then, like, having a day where I give cards and things like that. Nah, I can't be bothered. No. I do the card thing and chocolates and flowers. That's it. Just those, those three things. And I get them as well. It's not just like a sexist one-way thing. I get chocolates, so I look forward to it. I got. No, like... I, can't, I can't be bothered. No. It, I mean, the thing is, is like uh, a week before I made a guinea pig for her out of, it took me ages, out of little plastic beads. Oh, okay. And gave her that. Or some kind of weird signs thing going on. Just... Because uh, I wanted to make her happy. So there you go. There's Valentine's Day. Guinea pig. <laughs> Two weeks before. It, it is going a bit... And we know I, I'm going to go back on myself here because it is going a bit strange because I saw the other day you can get Easter cards now. Yeah. Which is... So, that's quite an old-fashioned thing, to be honest. Easter. I know that... I mean, it's a really old-fashioned thing. <laughs> you say? But the celebration of it, the tradition, there is... Um, Some history in there. Yeah, there's history. I mean, like, certainly in the UK with regards to celebrating it, going back maybe 50 to 100 years, that kind of thing. So I think people are starting to tap into that. Yeah. Um, and bringing that back. Going back to more kind of... Well, a second Christmas. Second, yeah. Oh God, I didn't even think about making it a second Christmas. I do like we we call it. Um, we I don't even call it Easter. We just call it Easter egg car park time because every time we go to Asda or something, we pick up an Easter egg and eat it in the car park. It's as sad as that sounds. That's like one of the little nice moments that we share. Oh, what what did we get? Oh, I'll have the buttons. You have the egg. That does sound really sad. The fair, I have to just said that time when I was a kid. And I got Easter eggs. Oh, you don't get them anymore? Then that stopped. And then fast forward, I don't know, about 20, 25 years, something like that. And didn't even recognize Easter as a thing. Really? And then had kids. Ah. And school seems to do stuff with Easter. For whatever reason, the residual effects of Church of England in the UK, I don't know. Um, 
and grandparents. Yeah. Here's some chocolate eggs and things like that. They, so it's kind yeah, of they do that. Reappeared in my life in the past six years. Do you not get any eggs at all now? If you do, you get your kids' eggs. No. You don't even give your kids Easter eggs. No. Do you know if we made a compilation of all the things you don't <laughs> traditionally do for your kids without any context? It seems like you're just an awful, awful dad. But it I get does. it because you explain it. Well, I mean, the thing is, an Easter egg. There you go. Nowadays, Easter eggs are what Cadbury's chocolate and things like that, which mm. is rubbish compared to what it used to be. I don't what care what, what like the a painted egg. No, because they've changed the recipes. Oh, the recipes of the ch actual chocolate itself. Yeah, chocolate these days tastes rubbish. Um, some of it does. I mean, Cadbury's. I don't know. I had a whole nut the other day and it still tasted amazing. But I agree oh. that sometimes when I'll taste something, I'm like, where's the flavor gone? And it feels I'm like they've made it a diet version. <laughs> you're like, I'm not why? Gonna die on this hill. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like pot noodles. As soon as they came out and you were like 90% fat free, who eats a pot noodle as part of a balanced diet? That's not happening. <laughs> Everyone wants a pot noodle because they know it's fatty. You don't want a, like, a good for you pot noodle. Do I didn't even I mean? know they were bad for you, to be honest. <laughs> Like, I think they are. I think they are. But uh, yeah, ch ch I still get Easter eggs. Um, I, one of the things is a, a bit weird that they make anything Easter related now. Now all the sweets you get at Christmas, like um, you know, all the Barrett sweets, all the Swizzles and Love Hearts and stuff like that. Yeah, that is now in Easter. You can get like Love Heart style Easter eggs, and you're like, all right, that's that's too much. You know, what I mean, you've lost. There's something. There's something for everyone. But when there's something for everyone, it kind of loses its niche. You know, it's like Easter. But what happened to the bunny and all that? When I was younger, I stopped getting Easter eggs, and my mum and dad used to just buy me. Used to get dairy milk bars in in big. Oh big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to get me one of them, which is like fifty percent more chocolate than an Easter egg. Yeah, anyway. true. I find those boring, to be honest. Like, you know, if it's just the dairy milk chocolate, even though I could eat, like, a big giant bag of chocolate buttons, which is pretty much the same, but a big bar of dairy milk, I'm like, I need, like, nuts or fruit or something in it. <laughs> you, you live a very complex life. <laughs> I'm, I'm picky when it comes to plain chocolate. Um, what else have you been up to this week, then? Uh, well, the kids have been away, so that's yeah. been pretty nice. Um, been watching so... anything? And you yeah. haven't been watching the card, so no, um, I haven't. Um, we have binge watched uh, Peaky Blinders. Okay, we, you know, we, it's been one of them things where we wanted to watch it for many years mm -hmm. and just never really put it on. We don't really watch that much TV, to be honest, or TV, yep. don't watch any TV, um, but TV shows and, and things like that. Um, yeah, Peaky Blinders. What are your thoughts on it? Because it's an odd one for you to, if you don't watch that much TV, it's a very mainstream show. And I don't know, it kind of gets loaded up there with like Sopranos and things like that now. And I'm like, it's all right. Like, it's not that good. It's like 50% of it is style. And then the other 50 is some, well, 50% style, 40% substance, and 10%. I don't know, more style. <laughs> Slow motion walking down streets with a like a, a modern song playing. A lot of Radiohead in it, which is pretty cool. 
oh god, we need the alarm, don't we? That's the first. That's my fault. And I tag that down. Damn. But there's a lot of like uh, contemporary music in it. Um, I, I don't like the style. I don't like it. There's too much slowdown of like people walking down the street, and then that just annoys the hell out of me. And it's okay once in a while, but at the start of every episode, it's like, okay, all right, we get it. This is stylish. But sometimes it, just, it gets in the way for me. Have you got okay. an opposing view? Yeah, slightly. Go on. Um, That's the bit you I, like. I, I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I like the style. Style. Mm -hmm. I can hear myself. Can you? Yeah. I don't know how. I can't. Have you got... Have you got uh, YouTube open in the background? Nice. No. I can't hear. I'm not hearing the mix, so let's have a listen. I can. Sometimes. Well, so maybe someone next door has got it open. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be what it is. Um, anyway, no, I really like it. I really like the stylization of the... 1920s that kind of thing i yeah. think the storyline is good i like the simplicity of it yeah um of quite a small cast to be yeah. honest um doing quite simple things um not very complicated not overly complicated no. not convoluted in any way um with great music on top of it so the music is the best part and at first i was a bit i don't know i was a bit waylaid by the fact it was contemporary music but then again you kind of get into it and then you, you, hit... want, you want to go back and well, you know what i mean it just it, sometimes i'm saying it initially, allowed initially it was jarring but then you get into like oh it's pj harvey and radiohead and uh what's the name scored it uh yeah i hear it echo someone's getting an echo that's odd. That's, uh, I want to give you an exam. I'm going to play it in the background. Together, gave me the stream mic. Yeah. You, you want to go back and... <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it sometimes... Uh, I'm saying yeah, is it just on you, or is it just... Is it me? Am I getting Smile Time Weekly? Thanks for the, the shout-out, brother. I don't get it. Yeah, I hear it echo. Someone's getting an echo. But I don't know what I hear it every now and again. It's not all the time. Do you hear... Is it just you? I don't know. Um, weird. That's odd. I'm not hearing anything. You still hearing it? Like, is it on my? Oh, I'll I'll put our names on because that makes sense. Um, so is it on Mrs. DJ or do you? <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find Who out. Knows? Is it? it put put hands up whenever you hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. What was I saying? No, I think it's good. I think it's like The Wire. That's I've never seen The Wire. What? I know. It's that thing that people... That's one of those things that people say, you've got to watch The Wire. But it's the same thing of like, if I'd never seen Sopranos, I'd be like, I couldn't tell someone to watch... Oh, Dave C. Hey, Dave C. Uh, I, I would be like, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to recommend someone to watch the the um, the Sopranos because it's like what six seasons long, it's too much. Do you know what I mean? So the wire is probably something like that, and it's probably a little bit dated. I know that's not that's not too bad, but if if it's an old, it's fine, guys. Serge, thanks, Dave. Um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not going to go back and watch The Wire, but I did go back and watch Peaky Blinders because it was very convenient to watch because it was on BBC iPlayer. And there's how many series of that? Have you watched all of them? Four. Four. I, of them. I think there's four. I don't know. One of the issues I have is is the main issues is that there's no threat. Like now and again, a main character, which is not really a main character, will get bumped off. But it's like it's not Game of Thrones. It's not like you know the main cast are always kind of okay. And if this feels like if you watch the last series, something happens with one of the characters and and kind of getting shot, and then the next series, the the, the 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 next episode, you were kind of coming back, and you're like, what? And there's a little bit too much of that for me. But whatever, it's it's a bit of fun as well. Um, it's uh, okay, <sighs> right? But just because I mean, just because it's not like a Michael Bay film with explosions, no, <laughs> that is what you are sounding like right now. I know. I just it's, it's subtle. I, I like it and I've watched all of it. I mean, that in itself is, you know, shows how much I like it and I will watch the next series. I think it started off well. I just feel like it's gone into that kind of, you know, every every character is just is there for life now and they're not they're not gonna leave. So that's a good thing, right? I don't know. Yeah, all right. It's like a soap opera. Um it's good. I like it. The soundtrack is the best thing. I'll say that. The soundtrack is the best thing. Um I Game remember. of Thrones has ruined you. That's what it is. God. I never watched Game of Thrones, so Yeah, well, it did ruin me the ending. Ruined it. It's not it's it's Lord of the Rings. If you have a good ending, it's worth the journey. Game of Thrones, it's not worth the journey. No. The but the first so season had Sean Bean in it, so that was good. And that's the only thing that people can talk about. As soon as someone talks about Game of Thrones, Sean Bean is going to enter the chat any second, you know, <laughs> because right. it's, even though he's only in the first series, he's so good. I'll watch anything with Sean Bean. Okay, I want to move on to... Um, of course about... you do, because of your opinion on Peaky Blinders. Just because you're from Yorkshire and you want to mention Sean Bean, any chance you can. I'm guessing, oh, I thought that would be a, a box of Yorkshire tea entering the frame. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do, guess. Sponsored by Yorkshire Tea and Yorkshire in general. Um, okay, one of the things I—I I, I don't know if you can comment on this. So I, I suppose. You, oh, I did hear an echo there. I heard myself. Weirdly enough, um, I a few weeks ago I made a video all about uh, making an official YouTube artist channel. Well, converting your YouTube channel into an official artist channel, a YouTube channel. YouTube artist channel, and I was umming and ahhing about whether to do to do it or not to my channel, um, because my channel isn't just about my music, and I was gonna do it, and then I was like, wait a minute, um, the issue I'm facing really is that because my channel is mainly a DIY musician guy channel, because we've got this podcast on it, and you've got all the DIY guides I put out, it's silly and kind of big headed for me to assume that. When I put music on there, those those people are gonna like my music because that's a completely subjective opinion, isn't it? It doesn't just because you you want to hear me talk about how to you know get gigs doesn't mean you're gonna like my music. So I decided to make a new channel for my music, um, and it's basically from the ground up. And I'm gonna see how far I'm. What well, I'm gonna set out a little bit of a plan to see how. I can go with it, but I'm only at like five subscribers. <laughs> it feels weird starting from the beginning. But I'm going to share share the uh, the link. Not that I want people to go and subscribe to it, because again, if you don't like ambient noise and electronic music, chances are you won't like this. Um, and there we go. 
what's going on outside hey so that's not the channel so if you go on to the right here on my other channel you can get to mrs dj music and they've got five subscribers but the big thing here is that i've converted this channel to an official artist channel now you're not like you don't really use social media and stuff like that in general because you're the kind of the litmus test of like hey you should be interested in this justin so when you get your youtube channel your music channel or what we're going to talk about in a minute you could do this you could follow the guy to get your youtube channel converted into an artist channel that means you get this little tick official artist channel which is pretty cool i don't really like social media mm -hmm. at all um but i don't mind youtube i think i don't know what it is about it I, I, whether it's the not the comment section that's a bit social media in some ways but you have to produce content in order to appear upon it yeah um so that's i think that's why i don't mind um youtube and i think you know it does a better job of things than uh facebook yeah i see what you mean but also with facebook it can't, it feels like you whatever content you make for it it's like you're throwing it away if you don't pay. I mean, I think Facebook is probably really good if you've got money to spend on advertising because there's loads of attention there. But I know every time I go and post something, I'll immediately get a uh, notification from Facebook saying, hey, you could boost this to reach all of your followers. And I'm like, why can't I just... Why, why, my... why is it not going to all your followers anyway? Because they only go to a percentage of them. Which what? Is, yeah, so the way Facebook works is that you they want you to try and get people to follow your page and like your page, but they won't allow you to actually get your posts out in front of them. You've got to pay to reach the full potential. Well, that's like going on Twitter and having a million followers, but only having... When you tweet, it only goes out to a hundred of them. Exactly, Yeah. Exactly. Well, Twitter kind of does the same thing as well. If you go to, if there's a little option at the top of um, of Twitter where it'll say "see uh, see most popular posts first or something like that. I can't remember what it is. Or see tweets in a timeline, and that's kind of telling to say, well, it's somehow searching, it's sorting them out in an algorithm of where you'd be more interested in seeing someone else's post over somebody else's, and it's it. It's the way things are going. Facebook and Instagram are very similar to this because obviously owned by Facebook. And if you scroll through Instagram now, every third or fourth post, you will see a um, like an ad. Um, she got a yeah, message. It's, uh, Twitter's good for connecting with random people. It is. Twitter's the best for that, to be honest. Um, more so than YouTube and Facebook because you can just jump into someone's feed and reply to them straight away. You might not like on my channel. I on my uh, main YouTube channel. I don't really get notifications when someone comments because I've gone over two thousand. It's YouTube now stops sending me notifications about comments, so I've got to go into the video and have a look at them, which is a bit annoying because I still want the notifications. But on Twitter, I'll still get a notification when someone replies to me, which is good, and you can go and reply to them and jump into the conversations. I like that, but. You've got to use it like properly, haven't you? You've got to use it. I, I like. I make. Mu I make mu metal music and have lots of engagement. Brilliant. But uh, yeah, I like YouTube is my favorite as well because it requires a lot of effort to do well in it. I suppose. Do you know what I mean? You've got to. Yeah. 
You can't just throw something out on there and then expect it to do well. And I know this with this channel. If I just posted music on there, it probably won't go anywhere. So what I was talking about before, I've got to basically make a content plan. And it's something maybe I'm sharing on the other channel of like, you know, what is the plan for it? And the plan is going to be of like, you know, what's the kind of music I make and trying to find the audience who would like it and then find some crossover between the two and then making content for that crossover, that like spot in the middle. That's like something I'm going to be doing. And I'm probably going to do the same with you when we talk about our music, which we're going to talk about now. Am I all by myself, Stephen? Where have you gone? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What happened? Were you still there? Yeah. It's good. Hopefully, we're still, hopefully we're still... <laughs> I pressed the wrong. I pressed uh, and I pressed leave the studio. Why would you have that button in here? That makes no sense. <laughs> Why would you ever leave the studio button? Don't ever Make... leave me alone again. <laughs> Suddenly, you'd have to go through the whole of the podcast. That'd be great. You're going to do have to do one of them at some point. We'll talk about one of them in a minute. Um, so the other day, you might have seen this on the website. Um, um, I'm basically documenting a new musical project with Justin over there. Um, if you didn't know, we've been um, we've been musicians. We've been playing together for years, haven't we? It was that, when was it? 10 oh, years ago. I was still at uni, so... God, a long time ago. So we used, we used to be in this band called Minion TV. I don't like using the word used to be, but it's got to that point now where it's definitely used to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's... Certainly say we used to play in a band. Because... <laughs> yeah, because that's true, isn't it? Um, I don't like actually killing off any potential comebacks, even though it's, it's not coming back. Um, but we decided, well, if you've been following this podcast, you've probably kind of heard us talk about it or hint around us getting together to do a project. And so the other day we met up and basically chatted about it. No instruments evolved. And um, basically came to the conclusion that we're going to start our project soon. Um, I, I left with a couple of questions. And I wanted to see if you've actually got any of the answers yet. Like, first one, have you got a name for the project yet? No, I've been thinking about it quite a lot. And no. Is there anything you want to kind of say what potential names you came up with? Because I like no. the idea of documenting this whole process, even when through the podcast and through the... No, well, not necessarily. I mean, I've never really thought about names that much gotcha. um, in anything I've ever done. Wow. Song names, band names, you know, I'm not interested in it because... It's a good exercise for you then, I suppose, creatively. It doesn't matter what it's called. It does to an extent, to a point. You know, if you called it the Hitler Youth or something like that, you probably like you have some connotations of something you probably don't want to get into. You know, yeah, true. <laughs> there's things that you shouldn't call it. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not saying you're ever going to call it anything related to that. By the way, that's just run out there. I was just trying to find something extreme. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously staying away from hate speech and and that kind of thing because. Um, but then tying it slightly close to the type of music that we want to create. Yeah. So clouds could be what it's called. But like I said, it's not something I'm putting too much thought into. No, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get hung up on that. 
Yeah, creating the moment. And I mean, I like the idea of you you're thinking about the limitations of, of you know that how we're going to create the music, and somehow that will come into the the naming process of like the tracks or the the overall project name. There's something about, or you know, the place where we're going to record it, or something like that, or there might be something written on a door. And you go, oh, that's actually quite interesting, and or oh, it spills out into the artwork. Uh, so we got a little comment there from Dave about names. Names are mega hard. My project name is a bit rubbish, but I'm sticking with it. Again, like what? It's a bit just rubbish is... until it gets famous. Exactly what you said before. Really, it kind of doesn't matter to an extent unless you go for something obscene because you make it what it is. It's like I always yeah. say. My name, Mr. CJ, is a rubbish name, but I, I literally came up with that because it was the shortest amount of characters I can get on Twitter. And then I thought, I'm going to make it. And it, you know what? Nobody knows how to say it. I, I said hello in a live stream the other day, and someone called me... Um, Mrs. You... Oh, I've had Mrs. Tedge. I've had Mrs. Tedge, because it does <laughs> just read out Mrs. Tedge. But uh, it was Mr. Stedge. And I was like, oh, God. I, I was half thinking over the weekend to rename it the DIY Musician Guide, but I don't know yet. I'm still calling that around my head. So it doesn't... No, I always think that about names is you could call your name, your band, Floorboards, and oh, that's a stupid name. I kind of like that name, you know. <laughs> well, you, like you know, a year later, everyone's yeah. talking about Floorboards. You know, fl have you heard that Floorboards new track? And it becomes... You know, second sort Just of name. Call it, call it floorboards. Uh, I'm only calling it nah. No, <laughs> why? Because it's a stupid name. <laughs> I don't feel anything. You don't feel it from it. The, not, yeah, I'm not getting a feeling from it. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it doesn't matter in that sense. Yeah, call it something that you're happy with. Don't yeah. call it. It's a stupid name. I mean, my kids got a stupid name. Um, but you know, you, because everybody's used to it, calling him that for six years now, then you know, it's like with my cat. We thought our, our cat was a girl. Um, oh, someone cleaning our windows outside, weird enough. Um, and Give we, call, we called her at the time, we thought it was a her Clementine. And when we found out when we went to the vets, oh, you do know it's a boy, and we're like, oh, so then he became Clem. But I still call him Clementine, and I never, I never really think about that. Like until we're having this chat, like it's a weird name. But he's now that cat, you know. But um, yeah. yeah, same for a lot of song names as well. Doesn't matter. The Beatles, I suppose, is a, is a, is a crap name if we're being honest. I mean, the Beat, I suppose, that makes sense. But Beatles is like meh. Radiohead is a good name, but they got it from a Talking Head song. Coldplay is just two words put together. You know, they don't really, they just want these names to get out there. You're always bringing up Coldplay. I know. I know. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a band everybody knows. Sigaros, I think Sigur that's Ross. a really good band name. It's, amazing. it's a nice, good name. It, it just, I, don't, I don't even know if it means anything. No. Oh, uh, I, did, I did know. It's not, I think it's something with a bell. Something with a bell. It's just know. beautiful to say and mm. it looks beautiful written down. I don't know. But again, yeah. I'm pre-pacing that because I really like that band. Yeah. You know, yeah. might be like, what a stupid name that is. The trouble I have is there are multiple ways of spelling reduce right. It's right with a W, actually, because he's corrected it in the next comment. Spelling reduce right when you hear it. Yeah. 
Oh god, that's a good point, yeah, because if you've got a word that can be spelled differently or pronounced differently, then you've but then again, you make it yours, don't you? I mean, yeah. there's someone I'll bring up later on um, who's got a name that I have to write down how to pronounce it. And so I'm they'll never be playing that. Yeah, I'm going to try. Um, I'm going to try later on. Um, but, I mean, that's the same with any cigar or yeah. You oh, name yeah. some tracks no. outside of Hippopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Hippopotamus. That's a good album. <laughs> there's, there's a parenthesis album, which I call that, which also looks like I'm doing something quite lewd. Um, that is literally just called like track one, track two, track three, track four. And they have kind of nicknames, like uh, track four is Nosfarlin. I only know that because it's my favorite um, sound of Seagrass track. So that's the one I've kind of committed to memory. And then you've got that other one, the Hippopalia, or whatever it's called. And that's... Voltaro, um, Voltaro is a really good album. Oh, that album is Voltaro's song is beautiful as yeah, well. Yeah, it is great. So is the rest of it, and I cannot think of what no. any of the tracks are. Well, but I don't on. mind... So quickly come up with a name, not now, but I want definitely before the next podcast and definitely before we meet, come up with a name. Oh, right, isn't a typo, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so you, I, I did it. <laughs> I did it as well. Um, All right, bigger yeah. box. <laughs> but come up with something uh, the next box. time. We also yeah. have to uh, arrange next meeting, which we'll probably do after this podcast. We should probably do that because next week would probably be good, maybe. And what was the other thing? Oh, we have to choose what software because it's up to you. Because uh, okay. that upstairs, so you need to set that up. Because like, one of the big reasons I'm putting everything on you um, is one. Well, a couple of reasons. One, I've got too many music projects <laughs> going on that I will just won't be able to handle this one as uh, from the main reins. So because I've got myself, my 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 music, and the wire to follow music, and I've got this music. So I need you to take the reins of this one. And that's, and fine. that's fine. You, you're going to be good with it. And the other one is that I'm a control freak. I'll take over it. I'm hearing the echo again. Hello? No, it's gone off again. Um, I'm a control freak. And I, because you're like, oh, I don't know what to call it. I'm like, oh, I've got like 10 names there. And I don't want to, I don't want to influence it. Good. And I want you, yeah, good. I want you to be I like. Don't, I don't want you to, call, you to call it anything. I want you to struggle with the fact yeah. that. I'm gonna call it's my it. exercise. Yeah, that's what I want as well. Because there's no point in me leading it this in any way. Otherwise, it's just gonna sound like mine or why to follow stuff. And I want it to just sound ding, more from you. Ding, 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 ding. Well, <laughs> Yours is gonna be like it's just gonna be Ed Loud, but one note <laughs> with loads of tremolo on it. Are we? Are yeah. we just joking about our own music? What we're gonna make? It's gonna be great. <laughs> At some point, you'll be out and. Um, I'm documenting the whole journey, so we're going to get together, make this music, take some photos behind the scenes, put it out on Spotify and Bandcamp and all that, and then document how well it does after the fact, given our expectations. Our expectations are low, because you were saying you don't, you're not bothered if anyone really hears it. You just want to get it out there when it when we do produce something. Yeah. So that's fine, because yeah, if the expectation, expectation is low, that's your name for that. For um, me, the joy is in the creation of it. The recording of it, um, the playing of it a little bit, probably more recording of it these days, mm. um, and just having fun with that side of things. Yeah, that's where my enjoyment is. So once that bit's done, I'm just whatever. There, I, I want you to do some artwork for it as well. I think that'll be really good for you to to have a reason to paint. 
because yeah. you're a really good artist anyway, but you don't you never have a reason to do it. It's just like now and now again you do something, but now you're like, I've got to make something. You know, I would say the one thing that we lack as creative people is deadlines. And that they're they're the things that actually get us to do something. And I think if you have like, oh, I've got to make this artwork for this release, then I think that you'll do really well with that. You'll create something quite magical. Yeah, well, I've got you know that's on the cards as well. Yep. I've got all that set up. That's cool. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So we'll talk about our, after the podcast or the, our next meetup. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we move on to the news is another one of our projects, um, which I talked about before, Minion TV. I just kind of document this process really because it's tough. It's a tough one. Um, we're celebrating a 10 year anniversary of our first album next month. And so to celebrate it, like I didn't really want to do any like oh a big gig or anything like that or come out with a special edition of the album and all that stuff. Um, we're just going to have hopefully get a stream of all of us together, um, chatting about it. Um, I'm going to try and structure it around. Um, well, first of all, how we got together and how we got to that make that album, and then go through it track by track. I think that'll be quite interesting. And if we get everyone involved, because I've got a rubbish memory, and I, I think I've got to the point, I don't know if you're like this, where you start making things up, where you're like, oh, yeah, that was that was really easy to do. I just turned up and then played, and, you know, but then Sean will come in and go, no, actually, that, that took you, like, 50 takes or something like that. You know what I mean? Your, your memory kind of gets a bit warped, so I think it'd be a missed opportunity if we don't get all of us on the stream talking about, you know, how that was created. And for me, that kind of seals the loop of... Of that project in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's been quite exciting. Do you think? Do you think that'd be quite interesting? Yes. Yeah. Well, we did it the other day. You were testing out how to yep. stream or whatever on. Oh yeah, the YouTube on it. Um, yeah, yeah, the new path channel, the label channel. See if it was working, and we reminisced a little bit. Yeah, ended up talking about because like I've not listened to it for what? When did it come out? Ten years ago. Yeah, two thousand ten. Um, about March. 10 years and one month, like... Um, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. That's probably the last time I listened to it, so... It was odd because uh, Sean was messaging me yesterday and he was saying... Um, um, he was he was asking if I had listened to like some uh, pre-mastered version of one of the records we've done together, and I was like, I don't really like to go back because I'm too emotional. I'm emotionally attached to things. So if I go back, I start thinking about the good old days. And for me, the good old days is a dangerous phrase and concept because that's saying these days aren't good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want that. So I'm like, I like to kind of look forward to the next project. So I'm excited about doing the next thing with you. I don't want it. So like this Minion TV thing, I'm thinking it as a way of wrapping it up rather than kind of getting back into the fold of it. I don't want to do that. I just want to kind of, it's done. We've got that kind of last chat as a kind of for posterity on the mini TV channel or whatever. I don't really like going back too much. It's kind of, it's, it's nice. So, you know, what we did the other day, but I don't want to delve in too much and go, let's let's listen to all the demos and things like that. No, I'm like, not looking at it like that. I'm more looking no. at it from the fact of... it's It was an achievement. I like the reminiscing part. I think the yeah. point to it is... You know, do you remember when we did this and how we did this? And it's like, all oh, right, yeah, I remember that. And maybe that can inspire now person yeah. with some new information of how 
something was once done. So it's true because we did it all DIY. It was a proper DIY album, and it still sounds pretty good. So say. I'm not looking to do any sort of thing like no. tie a knot in it, close it off, finish it off. There's no point. I kind of am because I don't feel like there's anything else to do with it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not closing off completely. If someone came up and went, you know what, we want you guys to get together, and here's the reason why, and it was a good enough reason, and it wasn't just money or whatever. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's interesting, and we came together and did a single for something, or, you know, a performance. And never say never, but probably never. Uh, we've, got a, <laughs> we've got a comment. Uh, do you guys think it matters which date of the week uh, new music is released? Depends, really. If you are a DIY artist... It definitely matters. If you're not, I suppose you've already got like a management team who will say, um, you know, God, they'll have a lead up of like teasers and things like that for that day. But for a DIY artist, I would say try and release it near payday. <laughs> if you wanted people to buy music, because in my experience, when people are feeling people feel the most flush is when they've just got paid and they go, Oh, I can buy myself a nice like my subway meal at dinner at dinner and work or something like that. They're the kind of people who'd be like, I'll um I'll buy that album or something like that. You put it in, in the mid-month, maybe not. So I've just, yeah, just put all that out. No chance. No end chance. Yeah. End the month or maybe the very start of the month. But at the end of the month is probably a good time. I don't what about days matter particularly? Day. If, I don't I mean, know. You could always target people who are sat at their desks uh, doing the office work or what have you, listening to me. Headphones and stuff. You know, as opposed to... The old, the olden times, um, like uh, targeting weekends and and that kind of thing depends on the type of people that you sort of targeting. Really, yeah, true. It's just like one of the things you could do, and I'm going from like, some marketing experience here from my other job. Um, you, if if it's like maybe on a Friday, you target them at like five o'clock or so, or four o'clock when they're in work and they're thinking about the weekend and they're already in that kind of get out of work mode so there's that kind of psych psychology um aspect to kind of look at as well it's like oh you've already you've, you've, you've gone at them in the happiest time when they're thinking about some positive like moments about to happen over the weekend but again you could get them on i, th I think monday and for me monday and tuesday is probably the worst because it's the start of the week everyone's back in work and they're probably trying to show everyone hey i'm back in work mode and all this i'm not going to go and look on the internet and stuff like that but as the week progresses, everyone starts thinking about the weekend and or starts hating the jobs. So they're looking for some escapism, and some escapism is, you know, that's why Thursday is a good day. Thursday is a good day, and it also gives you fr and the next day to also like promote it again. Yeah, pump because pump. once it gets past the weekend, it's kind of old news, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. But I would say, yeah, I think Thursday. Kinda. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I hate that about like us DIY artists and we'll work on something for a year and then put it out. And then the next week, it's just like someone else has put something else out. And this is like, everyone's like an, um, a digital magpie, aren't they? They're like, oh, there's a new shiny thing over there. New shiny thing over there. And you're like, what about my shiny thing? It's not as shiny anymore. <sighs> so it's like, you've got to have that kind of ongoing content plan. Um, so there, yeah, that was our Minion TV reunion chat so so we chat about uh, some news then um so this was a bit of news there we go share screen i'm not going to press the other button so andy weatherall 
died, passed away a few days ago. And I don't know about you, but I know of this guy. I'm not a big expert on him at all. And everyone like across social media who's a musician was just like, wow, completely like really saddened by this. And so am I, but it, it, this is one of those ones where, oh, I didn't realize how much he did, you know, until I read about all of the contributions and things like that and all like what all these musicians were saying. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was quite an influence in the UK and yeah. an influential producer. I'm surprised you didn't know about him. Um, he did a lot of work with Fuck Button. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck Button. You, you, you can say it. Oh, why you were saying it because you wanted to hide the words. Oh, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I, I knew uh, of him. I'd heard his name. Um, I just, it just wasn't in my kind of like, I didn't talk about him or think about him that much until, oh God, you know, he's he's passed away. Like I've read about him and many of the music books I've read, he's popped up, which I'll read a passage about in a minute. Um, yeah, fuck buttons, uh, the Olympians track. Absolutely. Um, it is shocking, really. Like, especially, some, what else happened recently? Someone else died in the week. Oh, yeah, it was like a celebrity Love Island, uh, Caroline Flack. I, I didn't know this woman at all, but it was interesting to see the kind of sea change between that and then when Andy died. It was just like, wow. Because it's like, you, I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't understand. What had happened with the Love Island, um, Caroline Flack? I mean, it's obviously sad. But when Andy died, it was just like, it seems like your tribe is all there, all saddened. You're like, oh, I should be more sad, I suppose. And then I started reading about it, and I was like, oh, God, yeah, he did contribute so much. You know, like if you go through all the, um, like the loaded, loaded by Primal Scream, it's odd this because I read last year the Alan McGee Creation Stories book. And he talks about like his contribution to that track because um, originally the Primal Scream had give him, um, what track was it? Uh, da -da -da, I'm losing more than I'll ever have to remix. And the track sounds nothing like loaded. And I was just blown away just before when I AB'd the track. So there's, a, there's like some elements of it, just a bit of the, a bit of the, um, the, Kind of some of the beats and some of the samples and things like that, but it's it, it's more of a standard kind of rock track, you know, how you would kind of listen to, you know, what Primal Screen are like nowadays. And I was just like shocked when like I realized just what he did for that band, you know. And everyone talks about Scream of Delicate and things that that, that album obviously is a massive, uh, massive album for them. But he basically like it made them stars, really. Like that's what Alan McGee basically says in that book. Because the, you know, I'll just read a little, little tiny bit of it. He said, when the year closed, it seemed like it couldn't get any worse for Primal Scream. The big gig in London at Subterranea was half empty. Creation's flagship band was almost irrelevant now. Then a week later, Andrew Wins went with Andy Weverall to watch him play Loaded. They'd just finished it and had never heard it on the dance floor before. At three in the morning, Weverall dropped it in the nightclub and the place went crazy. Inns rang to tell me everyone was going nuts in the background. I was like, wow, you know, so it's like some massive, massive like milestone there. So it was just kind of like I was going through all the the, the, the 10 tracks on here and I'm reading interviews and I was just like, it, it's sad because I feel like I should be sadder. And I was kind of a bit, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where you, you realize uh, you didn't know enough about someone before before they died. Do you know what I mean? 
It's not yeah, thing. But you can't know about everyone. No, no and you can't. Sad about everyone. I mean, yeah. again, you've said this. Well, we've said this. Yeah, so lot. Who? Someone died. I can't remember who it was. It was last year. Um, <laughs> a similar conversation yeah, about it. Stopped, like, yeah. didn't know him until he died. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. All this to your attention, and now he, his memory lives on a little you bit. St- more. You start counting the um, like the breadcrumbs with a lot of things you like, and you go, "Oh my god, he was involved or contributed to that." And it's just yeah. you know, obviously, book buttons like one of my favorite albums, Tarot Sport, and he's all over it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, the was, next died last year. So many, like I know yeah. the. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about the singer from Roxette? But it wasn't here, was it? No, it was a um, I really can't remember who it was. Singer songwriter type fellow. I can't remember. Oh, oh, Daniel Johnston. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was Daniel Johnston. Yeah, I was got, I was moved because I watched like some of the documentary and stuff like that about him. And then, wow. Okay. Um. So this one, I threw this at you just before we went live, and. I'll just read it a little bit. EU tourists, EU tourists, EU touring artists will need visas to perform in the UK from 2021. So it says here, at the moment, artists and their crews can travel freely from the EU to the UK and vice versa without paying for work permits or visas. But once freedom of movement ends, both EU and non-EU artists will need a tier five visa in order to perform in the UK. Uh, take part in competitions or auditions, or participate in promotional activities, attend workshops, give talks about the works, and take part in cultural events or festivals. I didn't realise it was it was going to be that to that much extent. You know, I've like, I like, I I kind of thought, yeah, touring bands. I suppose it's kind of working over here, but like all of the other stuff, just it basically just sounds like if you're coming over here to do anything, you're going to need a visa. Isn't that yeah, crazy? That is the case, but you can't go on. It, it might just be it's might just be a case of filling in a form. That's it. Do you think yeah, I don't know you anything know, about it, this it's sound, it sounds like such a huge thing, but it might, it might be not be a simplistic thing. Hopefully. Yeah, we look into it. I mean you know, I, I'm okay. You're okay. We just use the internet for all these things. But like bands who want to tour across Europe, because I'm guessing it's the other way around as well. Like you'll probably anyone from from the UK going to Europe, do they need to do anything like that now? I'm not sure. I haven't got the. Well, not right now. They don't. Yeah. No. Well, from from next oh, year, that's oh, crazy. They might do. They might do transition period and what have you. Um, but no, it it might. It sounds a lot more than what it might actually. Yeah. You need a visa to go to the US. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's true. But that kind of stops a lot of people in the tracks. So they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Because you've got to apply for a visa and all that. And sometimes when you're in a, a touring band, that's like another thing that's going to get in the way. Especially if you're see, a DIY artist who's just like, oh, I've got a gig like next week. Can we go to France? No, you've got to apply for a visa. We've missed the gig. So, you know, for bigger bands who plan it like a, a year in advance, I suppose that's a different yeah, thing. I mean, it's a little bit more bureaucracy that you've got to take into account, but I really don't think it's going to be. No, I don't think it's. Big. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking from. Um, uh, I don't know, a position of hoping for the best. 
Yeah, optimism. I like it. An optimistic oh. position. Well, I really hope that it's Yeah. Not. We'll keep an eye on it. Well, maybe you'll um, try and speak to some touring bands and see if they you will give us any info on that. It will they... be interesting to see how it, it yeah. is affected. Um, you... you think about the UK, and the UK is a huge market for music. Yeah. Um, True, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, touring Europe is a good thing and all that stuff, yeah. but you know, the UK, it's going to be the people that I hope are not affected are traveling bands coming to the UK um, because that'll water down the British music scene. And mm. I've seen some cool international bands playing. Mm. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't. It'll slow down the process, if anything. It's not going to. I suppose any international band playing in Europe at the moment. Has to apply for a visa. Yeah, yeah, international. Yeah. Um, so. Move on to Enemy Awards because I, I haven't got much to say about the Enemy Awards because how do you watch it? How do you even watch this thing? Like I've wa I watched a few performances on YouTube because uh, FKA Twigs was playing and I'm a big fan of her. And then I watched another band and I've got to say from what I saw, the sound was awful and maybe that's why it isn't televised. Uh, maybe just had like one camera or something like that just on them, but the the mix was awful. You could hardly hear FK Twigs. Her voice was amazing, but it was just it was like she was at the back or something. It just wasn't loud enough. And you know the the thing that got us, I know you to say that the thing that put it on our radar was more the controversy around it. Yeah, I mean, it, had he not done that, yeah, I would not have known that the Enemy Awards were even on. So. For those that are listening and watching and you don't know what happened at the Enemy Awards, I suppose we'll add to the, the drama alert of it. Um, Slow Tie, which is kind of like a, I suppose, an English rapper. and It's probably a better genre to describe him. Um, he came on to the host. What's her name? Catherine? I can't remember her name. She's a comedian. I don't, I don't know. Catherine Lisa Jones. Anyway, came on to her, but the thing is, she's like a comedian and completely laughed him off and really crude remarks to the point where he, I think he looked a bit like he did not know what to say. He was like, because uh, he was trying to say, oh, I'll, you know, you should go back to my dressing room and all this. And she got back to him with the most offensive kind of comeback, but it was amazing. And he did not want what to say. And one of the things that she said that afterwards, which I thought was great, was like, you know, he came at me because I was a woman, but that, that wasn't a thing that, that worked. It was because I was a comedian. That was the worst thing he could have done because I'm used to hecklers. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty cool. But as you said, like if we wouldn't have heard about this thing, would we have known the Enemy Award was even on? No, and I mean to be honest, like it looked quite funny. Yeah, I it did. the fact that it was poorly put on, you know, yeah. bad sound, that kind of thing. But it just looked like a a, a piss up, a party. Uh, yeah, yeah, a party. yeah. And that's cool, and that kind of buys to me. That gives it. Plus points. Didn't you say uh, Taylor Swift said something about it? What yeah. Was, what did she say? Didn't she? Didn't she win? She won uh, an award, but you said that she said, "Oh, isn't this a, this is the craziest award ceremony yeah, you've ever been to, or something?" Craziest award, because I think everyone was just drunk and. I think she's been to a lot as well. So if, if to say that, <laughs> it's quite rolling terrible. around the floor. Yeah, but a lot of. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, she has. Um, but yeah. I, did, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because it, it was only on YouTube. There's only some clips. 
most of the clips on YouTube as well on the official NME channel. I maybe I maybe I haven't come across the whole stream anywhere, but I went on their website and it was just like, see the whole thing as it played out in pictures. And I was like, this is 2020. <laughs> like, where's the videos? So you go on their YouTube channel, and it's just awards behind the scenes. It's, it's sorry, interviews behind the scenes of people who've just won the award or on the, you know, just walking around. And then a couple of performances like FK Twigs and uh, some other band. And I was like, oh, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but maybe they don't need to publicize it because it looked. That is kind of odd, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, fair enough. They couldn't get it on channel one, two, three, four, or whatever, you know, TV. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe they couldn't do that. Maybe couldn't do that. From live streaming it. I'm sure they would have got a lot of traffic. But unlike next year. Unlike um God, I should have set this up quicker. Unlike the Brit Awards. Um did you watch the Brit Awards then? Did you watch it? I watched it after the fact, like yesterday. No, I went for a meal. Oh, so you didn't watch it? Oh no, did you watch it the next day? Did you watch it and catch up? No, I t- I t- I'll be honest, I've completely <laughs> forgotten about the Brit Awards. They're declining that. Um, the one thing I would say, well, the two things actually are on here. Watch Dave's performance. Remember Dave from the Mercury Prize, yeah. the winner? He was brilliant. Like, absolutely, like, spellbindingly brilliant. He played on this white piano, which had some kind of digital art project on it. And he was a rapping, but insane. Like, he was so good. He did at one point he stands up and enough someone else takes over on the piano and he just goes into this riff about like um about his thoughts on Boris Johnson and things like that. And it felt like a bit off script, and then he goes back into his rap, and it was just like, wow, that was that was really pretty good. So that that made me a fan of Dave. Um I can't remember what my thoughts are at the Mercury Prize, probably like who is Dave? But now it's, been, it's all on YouTube. <laughs> it's all I go back and we can watch it now. Um but the other big thing was Billie Eilish. That was an amazing performance. It's maybe like the um, the Bond theme because she performed No Time to Die. Um, oh, you watched that? So her brother's playing on piano. Hans Zimmer's there on piano. And Johnny Marr on guitar. I was like, what? And she was brilliant. Her voice was great when she belted that out at the end. It's, it's been a bit of a controversial... Like uh, thing about the, the Bond song because a lot of people don't like it. They think it was just a whispery track. But like a lot, like a lot, like a lot of the Bond themes, they kind of grow on you. Don't you? I don't, I, it, for me, Bond themes, and we could probably do an entire yeah. hour on this. Yeah, um, they got rules to play, and sometimes that yeah, makes it a drag and drop of. You've got to have that chord in there, <laughs> and that's why I, I do like. There's some that I really like. And I think they've struggled recently. Um, certainly in the last, the uh, what's he, Daniel Craig era. Oh yeah. Um, for me, Skyfall's maybe the only one. That oh, I like Skyfall. Is that the other one? Yeah. Is any good? Um, but that purely carried by um, Adele's voice. I like the Radiohead one. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> that didn't get used. Didn't that used one of my top listen to tracks. Like, <laughs> apparently, um, it does. It, well, Billie Eilish actually, I uh, listened to the interview of her. Oh, mm. said that it doesn't get used if Daniel Craig doesn't like it. So, I'm guessing Daniel Craig didn't like the radio. The radio. I don't know. 
That's, that's what she that, I don't think. Do you think Daniel Craig has got that much power over the soundtrack? Yeah. It's, it's not like he's like it's not like it's on while he's filming it. <laughs> it's all been filmed and adding the tracks now. That that I'm just I'm just. I don't know. That's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting take though. Do you um, think you bring him in and they go here's some headphones, Daniel Craig? Um, you can have the new Billy Eilish track or there's one by um that I like sausage rolls people. You know the Christmas people. <laughs> They've got a new Bond track. That's I, I'm gonna I, go with. For me, it, fair enough. It's a good track. It would be better if they took out the kind of soundboard James Bond things. Yes. Uh, and you can hear them. You can hear yes. these strings. It's got to end with that one, you know, discorded note, uh, the, the yeah. seventh note, uh, discord. I mean. uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. You kind of expect them, though, as well. You know, you're going to hear the main theme as well. It's too but, safe. And I'm, I'm not. Billy Eilish is too safe. Yeah. She didn't make it safe. I do, I do like the track now. I've heard it live, though. I think that gave it a bit of energy and a bit of power to it. Where the recording was like you are waiting for all those moments, but seeing it live, kind of like I, that was back in my head. Then I didn't even think about it. Yeah, but, um, get, yeah, you know, it, it's good. Like Adele, watching Adele at Glastonbury, watching a live, made me into an Adele. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Adele, do you? Like, I don't know if you mentioned that before. <laughs> I think yeah. a little tiny one. This is, this, is, okay. <laughs> this is fast becoming the Radiohead Billie Eilish Adele podcast. <laughs> That's kind of my life at the moment. At the moment. I'm, I'm, I've got to say, I'm a fan of Billie Eilish and her brother. Like at the ho- When I say Billie Eilish, I mean the, the two of them, by the way, yeah. the kind of the act. I think that the, the way they're making music is just brilliant. Um, other things that happened on that night, I make a few notes. Uh, Mabel, you know Mabel, don't you? It's one in the middle. Uh, it's an, I didn't know that was Nana Cherry's daughter. Do you like Mabel? I don't like Mabel. No, I oh, don't. My kid knows Mabel. There's a thing about like pop music, and I don't. I'm not going to say it's at the moment. It's been for the last few years where they have this like, kind, of, kind of tropical beat. Do you know what I mean? And Ed Sheeran used it on his last album, I think. And it's just like every time I hear that thing, and I'm like, oh God, stop it with that beat. It's the same kind of percussion every time. And Mabel with her track that she won loads of awards. By the way, the Brit Awards, you only get an award if you turn up. There's so many people who were like, international award. I was like, oh, that person's there. It's like, they're going to win it. And like, uh. but yeah, Mabel won the award for, I don't know, best track or something. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, Lewis Capaldi was there. And he performed that track that you probably know. Um, someone you like, someone you know, someone you used to know. The one that sounds like the Adele song, but it, it's, it's a track, but it's not. Lewis's big song. Yeah, Lewis's big song, that one. And yeah. it's so weird because I do not like his music, personal preference, and I've said this before, but he is hilarious when he came up to like accept his award. And Tom Jones is there. The things he'll say is like, oh, you know, that song isn't about like my ex-girlfriend. It's actually about me nan who who's dead. And um, and then he was like he was like Tom Jones is standing there just behind him, like, uh, and he's like, So I want to thank me nan, but you know, ITV, you better not like ring me nan up to put her in a reality TV show because she's dead. <laughs> and I was like, This is he's hilarious, he's so funny, and he's just like let loose. I think he I think they he censored them. Yeah, they did censor him one time. I was thinking it's not 
you know, it's not as live as they say it's going to be live. You know, there must be a delay. Yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I mean, this actually goes back into what the Brit Awards is about. Yeah, I suppose we should mention that. It's what on it like. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, yeah. You know, that's, so that's watershed time, isn't it? Before no nine o'clock's watershed. nine o'clock watershed. Yeah, don't know. You know, I'm just saying it's that's kind of who it's aimed at. I mean, it's like the uh oh, what were they called? Nickelodeon Nick Awards or something like that. I don't know These, what that is. I know Nickelodeon American Awards ceremony ah. for Nickelodeon kids TV. Um they were chaotic. People got covered in foam or what have you, paint. What? Just check it out. But it's not like the same as years ago with like um, Jarvis Cocker mooning to my, uh, Michael Jackson and things like that. Um, you don't that get Brit that was Brit Awards, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Brit Awards. So Michael Jackson was gone up, and he, I think he was performing Earth Song, and Jarvis Cocker just was like, "What? What is this? Is too much." Um, to be fair, I like that song. It's good. It's a good song. But um, yeah, but the I remember the uh, performance. He had like lots of kids and everything on stage and all this, and it was just a bit too much. I suppose it was like, all right, do you think you're God type of thing? That's think the kind of mentality Jarvis Cocker was coming from, and then he just did that, probably induced with a lot of drink at the time. But uh, the Enemy Awards used to be a bit like that as well, a bit chaotic. I mean, it was chaotic from what we saw the other day, but when it was televised, people falling into tables. I remember there used to be an argument with the band The Cribs. With um, God, what's his name? He's the one who's who's always drunk. The one in the Libertines, his band, Baby Shambles. Remember them back in the day? Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Cribs and Baby Shambles have had fights and knocked into each other's tables and things like that. Anyway, getting off track. Uh, the Brit Awards. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I Lewis Capaldi, I like him as a person. Um, Billy Eilish, love that performance. Dave's performance. A lot of this, Harry Styles was there. It's not our demographic, really, yeah. is it, mainly? Because he's singing some ballad and everyone's going mad. It's like, it's the same four-chord ballad you've heard. And it's either you get a tropical beat pop song or the four-chord ballad. And I'm like, this is, it's not for me. And then they played out with uh, Rod Stewart. Rod what? Stewart. I know, it was the weirdest, like, juxtaposition ever. So jo Rod Stewart comes on with, um, I'm going to see you a moment now, Rolling Stones. Not Mick Jagger, the other guy. Not Ronnie Wood, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Anyway, they played some uh, Rod Stewart's song and some Faces songs, and it just felt bland. You know, you you, more, you almost should think, oh, they got some guitars out, but it just felt really bland. Who and, was that for? <laughs> I know, who's that for? Because I was thinking, because Rod Stewart kept going, oh, he kept saying, guitar, Ronnie Wood. There you go, that's his name. Um he kept saying guitar like before a solo or something coming in, and like, oh my god, don't do this! It's like you're almost trying to. It felt like he was teaching people in the crowd. This is where the guitar solo goes. <laughs> or it was just like old, very old school. Do you know what I mean? I don't think the crowd really appreciated it, and I didn't because I just thought it was bland as hell. Well, I'm just thinking if you're you're putting it on at eight o'clock, <laughs> so you're gonna what you're trying to capture kind of young well, tweens, yeah, that kind of thing. And for the most part, I think they, they were na they nailed it. I don't know, the older generations, <laughs> yeah, because years ago you'd have like Fleetwood Mac turn up the end and do like you know the achievement award or whatever and then do a set. But I feel like it's gone too far now that when you include someone that far back with someone who's now, they just don't mix. There's no, I think it's uh, maybe instrumentation helps, 
you know, where you'd have like a Oasis or something back in the day, um, and then, and then go to someone like that. It all kind of still it still bans. But when you've got like mainly pop stars who have just got a mic and you know dance choreography or rapping, when you have someone like Rod Stewart, it just it felt odd. And I'm not a big not you know I'm not saying anything bad about Rod Stewart. It just didn't it juxtaposed in an odd way. Yeah. You know, I, I I get that, and that's just it's just weird. I mean, yeah, I imagine a lot of the tween generation turned off. Yeah, I can imagine that as well. Or there's it maybe they tried to make it into a family show and then you know the mums are sitting there going, Oh Rod Stewart or something like that, or you know, our generation. Um I wasn't, so I was like I God. do like the idea that families are still yeah. sitting down eight o'clock gathered around the TV and watching shows together. That's pretty cool. In yeah. The room. We get, but that doesn't exist anymore. No. No. Because we've already talked about the uh, how awful the Top of the Pops Christmas and New Year's specials were, and it feels like this was better than that. Totally better than that. There was more, there more of a variety, but it wasn't that much of, you know. I like uh, the Mercury Music Awards. That was really yeah. good. We will watch that again this year, and we'll do our glass to be roundup as well. Yeah. Um, but like award ceremonies, like I think awards. We've talked about this before. Uh, maybe not in the podcast about our thoughts and awards. There's good things and bad. The good, the bad things are really that a lot of them are just they don't really go anywhere. They're just for show. Whoever just turns up gets an award, you know. But it's good for like the up and comers because then you get a whole you know bustle of interest into the the other works. It's a way to get exposure. I, I think they need to grow and evolve. Yeah. You know? So they hate myself for it, but they're giving themselves awards for like greatest reach on social media. I don't know, or most followers. I think, I think Enemy does that, you know. I think I'm sure I, I watched it a couple of years ago and it was like the best on Twitter. And I think Liam Gallagher won it or something like that. You know, to have a look. kind of more representative. It's more relevant, isn't it? What the modern day is like. Yeah. The Brit Awards, just if you look through the actual awards that they're giving out, it just seems a little bit chaotic and crazy. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to another award, though. And that was with, and this is, this is the name I'm going to butcher. So I wrote a name down. This is how you pronounce it. Okay. Right. Hilda Gwynefefeth. 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 That's her surname because I watched a video where she actually said it and I wrote it down like um, all by syllables. Gwinner for fifth. So maybe it's better to just think that rather than reading it because obviously it's not our native language. Um, so she won best soundtrack for Joker. And and the good thing about this is that a, a lot of people probably go back and listen to all of her other soundtracks she's been involved in. Like me, definitely. Like we talked about the Joker soundtrack being absolutely brilliant last year. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't know. Well, I did know she did the Chernobyl and um, oh, the other one that did the soundtrack. She did the film I haven't seen. But that's the issue. Soundtracks. Do you are you bothered about listening to the soundtrack if you haven't seen the the work, the film, or TV, or do you have to see the the, the film or the TV show first? No, I've, I've listened to loads of soundtracks. I can't and... do that. I can't do it. You know, I feel like because it's written for that that medium. <sighs> Doesn't matter. It's, it does because, like, say for the Joker soundtrack, if you listen to that on its own without seeing the film, each track's like two minutes long, one minute long. 
it's but still... now when it, I, I, I get the context and watch I'm listening to it with the title and I go oh that was that scene and you, see, you can play it on your head it kind of goes hand in hand I think it's hard it's it's a different thing I suppose listening to it without the the, the film it is yeah I mean um interstellar there's an easy one I listened to the soundtrack for that that so the soundtrack was kind of released about a month before the film was it oh yeah I did not listen to it and I wouldn't I have listened to it soundtrack shit tons in that month because yeah. uh, it's great it is good uh, soundtrack. just this week i was listening to midsummer uh, i still haven't seen that by the way i've never seen it what i can't um, listen to the soundtrack can't do it tom york Suspiro, oh. suspiria or whatever it's called okay that's a good example because i didn't listen to that like until i suppose a few months ago um until i'd seen the film and the oh, film. Listen to that when it was released. I love his tracks. The actual Suspirian yeah. track is one of my. It, at the moment, it's probably my favorite Tommy Old track. I'd love it that much. And um, his voice is beautiful. Joker one as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. The tracks might be quite small, but it's beautiful music. Yeah, it's great. I want to get it in vinyl if it's available. Probably is. It really is. But it's it made me go bad. back and go Being listen to, and also look at interviews where she's talking about how she came up with the music because it, like, for the most part, it's just a cello. She's just using a cello. So we're talking yeah. about, you know, limitations and things for, you know, what we're talking about, our project. There's someone just using one instrument for the most part. It's fascinating. No, she was, it, it is really good. Um, and I'm and glad that she won something because it, it's actually quite a controversial soundtrack as well. Some people li like it. Yeah. Some people hate it. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. Um, a lot of I don't... people were turned off by the fact of because it's quite droney in, in places. It's dark as hell. It yeah. is dark. You it's don't like... listen to it for a pick pick me up. You listen to it for a kind of a mood, you know, a certain mood. Yeah. Like I listen, to, I, I listened to it before the podcast, and I just sat back, as, and like as if I had a pretend cigar or something like that. Which <laughs> is kind of a, it sets a mood. Mm. It's fantastic. Um, okay, going from. I don't know how to segue into that. Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, I don't know how we would segue from the Joker soundtrack to... No, actually, we won't do that. I liked the J Taylor Swift documentary. What did you think, Justin, even though you said you couldn't get through it all? I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I had to turn it off. What is it that made you switch off? It's. It was repeat. I, uh, I got... I got caught up in a loop and didn't know whether it was just me, but um, it was repeating itself, and I didn't understand what it was that I was watching. What was the Why? what was it? What was the loop? It, 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 um, you could skip to any point, and within four minutes, you'd talk about um, being a country music star. You've got to do this. You've got to do that you got to do this and it the same thing was repeated throughout subtly i admit um but it was just like as soon as i picked up on it i was like ah oh, this isn't giving me anything i'm not learning anything about mm. um taylor swift in this she's not giving a lot away you know with regards to anything that i'm particularly interested how in how far did you get through did you about an hour so no, did you, did you get through? Did you get to the the politics part? Uh, no, so I don't. She 
there's a part, there's a big chunk of it near the end where in her state where she lives, I can't remember where it is, um, there was someone going for, basically going for Donald Trump and she was going against that and she was with her management team saying, I want to put out the fans, I don't think we should be voting for this person because it goes against, you know, gay rights and things like that stuff I believe in. And a management was actually saying, no, don't do it. It's like commercial suicide. You, you're dividing your fans. And she breaks down and she's with a mom and says, I want to do this. This is like something that's really important to me. I wouldn't feel like an actual artist. And she does, and she puts it out. And I thought that was really interesting. Like the cynical side of me thinks, oh, is that just in the narrative to give it a bit of emotional weight or whatever? But they chose to put it in there. So it was kind of like, it, it, it does feel like you would divide fans, you know, across America by putting these views out there. And so she doesn't need to at all because of like our music is just like, you know, it's it's fun pop music to an extent. She doesn't need to express those views. So for me, I thought the documentary was kind of a way to propel Taylor Swift into kind of the next stage of her career, I suppose, as a kind of an adult with thoughts and feelings and a very passionate like songwriter. And I thought, oh, yeah. that's really interesting. And uh, just to say that I look, I'm not a fan of Taylor mm -hmm. Swift. Um, if I was a fan of Taylor Swift, then maybe I could have got a lot more out. Of maybe you'd have a bit of like, I, I suppose, because I, I am. I think she's I think she, now and again, she brings out some decent music. Like, haven't I done a new music for a while, like a couple of albums ago? Like, actually, I own one of her albums. Um, well, I got it in Lynn's because we both like that album. Um, I'm not saying that Lindsay's likes it because she's a woman. I'm saying I liked it. I, I got her into it. Um, and I thought it was really, I thought it was a decent documentary. I think they definitely saw the Lady Gaga documentary before making it. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, and no. That was like really good, like really behind the scenes, seeing her in pain because she's got some like, like a lot of um, muscle issues and things like that. Um, and I'd never, you know, you don't see that side of her. And I thought it was, and she's insanely hard worker. I mean, Lady Gaga, it gave me a, a, a bit of respect for what her talent. And I suppose I got the same thing from this one because it shows Taylor very much involved in the writing process and the music. And I know they show that like from an early age, she's like, you know, this is what she wants to do. But even when she's in the recording studio, she's always got a phone out recording ideas and things like that. And, you know, nowadays we can, Supposed to be cynical with thinking all these pop stars just write with loads of other people, and you don't really, you know, they'll have the name on it, but they're not really that much included. And I think they went out of the way to, to kind of express that Taylor Swift is very much included in the writing, writing process. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that, that worked on both ways for me because I was thinking they should have showed more of their writing partners because there was a part in it where Max Martin was in there, and he's a massive like music producer and songwriter, a Swedish one. He writes a lot of these pop songs with Britney Spears, all of them, loads of them. And he kind of just like glanced at him and then went past. And I was like, he's had a lot to do with her music. So the, I felt like there should have been more with that. But this is a Taylor Swift documentary. And he did a lot to show her as a, you know, a passionate songwriter in 2020. But I got a lot from her. I think it was good. I think it's good for kids. And like looking up to say, actually, it's hard work to be a pop star like that. You know, to the point where it's like traumatizing, showing the traumatizing sides of social media as well. It's a big mm. part of that. But again, it's not really made for us, is it? It's, it's made for that demographic. So they could have just went, you know, just did a concert and did you know, the behind the scenes of the concert, and that would have been good for everyone else. But this was felt like more of a 2020 behind the scenes YouTube documentary style, you know, a bloggy thing. I thought it was good. I, I I quite like 
I mean, I like the idea of those types of things. Yeah. Um, but I just wish there were for bands that I cared a bit more about. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. Too, I'm too cynical when it comes to it. I know that she's got a lot of fans, and it's and weird. Supposedly, because like I can dial, delve into a lot. Like you know, so recently read the the Black Sabbath book, and now there's like a Lemmy documentary on Netflix. I don't know much about Motorhead really, and I'll probably watch that because I just like the insight of like people you don't really know. I mean, I get it though with Taylor Swift because it's 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 pop music, mm. you know. So if you don't like any of it, it's like, uh, why would I watch that? Well, it's good that you watched as much as you did and got some insight. I did. I did try. You did try. Okay, we'll move on to the last bit of news then, um, which is something that you came in with. Did I? Which, yeah, you did. Data from Spotify suggests that listeners are gloomiest in February. This is the best bit of news to end the podcast <laughs> with. Um, and it's got this graph, which I was trying to kind of work out and these are the types of songs that people listen to at this time of year. The Dell, which you've mentioned, Bridge of Troubled Water, with some Garfunkel about spelling you. And these are the happier side. I, I, weirdly enough, I just listened to Los in the Sky with Diamonds this morning, one of my first songs listened to. So maybe I'm a bit of happy. Oh, Taylor Swift, <laughs> shake it off. There she is. <laughs> it's looped. It's looped. And hey, can't I hear you? And you know what? This is a kind of a bit of fun, but why do you think? Why do you think it is? Do you think people are gloomiest in February? Well, yeah, I mean, January's the the worst month, the Monday of all the months. Well, wh which day is Blue Monday? Then the the longest day or, or something of the year? It's or not something? the longest day of the year. What is it? What do they call it? Blue Monday? Fabricated, so ah. people can buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Get a greetings card. Happy Blue Monday. Yeah, um, it is. It is something to do with. It's based on something else, um, mm. but it's people say it's the most depressing day of the year because it's like the Monday before the payday. In ah, that makes sense. Um, so it's been a long time, and Christmas has been there, and all that kind of stuff. That's a good point. It could be because of Christmas, couldn't it? So if you're going to release music, do not release it at the end of January. No, no one's got any money, and no, everyone's thinking about paying for Christmas. You know, for how many a month they've got to to pay what you just paid for Christmas with. Yeah. Um, so that's not and it's probably the worst time to be alone as well. I'm guessing you know, love songs and things like that. Maybe just split up with your partner, or you're remembering a partner you've been with years ago at those times because they're probably the most you know. That, that could be a um, yeah, but and Valentine's but, Day in in that, February, they might be really happy about that. Yeah, well, well, that could be the happy side. Oh but yeah, yeah. Not anymore. I have um, to say these songs are gloomy. I think mean, "Bridge of a Troubled Water" is a fantastic song. <laughs> I never listened to it feeling sad. I feel like wow, this is a, such a great song. Yeah, I, I I was. How did they pick? I don't, I don't know. They have a lot of listens yeah. sort of here. You know, read things into, um, you know how people are feeling, but I don't particularly say sad people listen to sad music. Yeah, I put a spell on you. It's not a sad song, is it? No, is that a sad song? Well, the screaming Jay Hawkins one. No, yeah, well, the, <laughs> the Nina Simone version. But yeah, to be honest, the same thing. I, I get it with. 
you know, okay, if we're going to go from that, if we're going to go for the uh, devil's advocate of of their arguments, I suppose if you come out of Christmas, you've got Bill, you've just spent too much money, you've had too much food, maybe um, you're remembering your partner, you haven't been, you know, lost lost love or whatever. Go into February, it's Valentine's Day, the run up to Valentine's Day. You run walk around the shops. Those fourteen days up till then are just cards and chocolates and everything. That is not you. I can get why you might feel gloomy to that to that extent. I've had a good January and February. I'm feeling quite happy with it and upbeat. I'm and what have you been- every day I'm listening yeah. to Radiohead still. So, see, yeah, well, you expect, yeah. Radiohead was definitely one of those bands that, like, when we were young, I don't know, if they probably still get that stigma that people would say, oh, it's your, your music to cut your wrist to, or something stupid like that, they used to say. Terrible. I remember, do you remember that episode of uh, Father Ted, where it was, like, the happiest priest ever, and he's, like, on the bus or something, and then exit music comes on, and then you just see his, his smile go, like that, and a cloud goes over <laughs> It was funny, to be honest. It was really funny. But uh, I don't feel that gloom. I, I, I can get if I was single and I didn't have any motivation and had spent too much money over Christmas and I was trying to lose weight and all that stuff, I can get that. But that's a that's a bit of a niche, isn't it? Um, okay, that is all of our news. There's only one thing left to do, Justin. There's only one thing left to do, and you know what that is? Make these screens bigger. There's only two things we need to do, Justin. <laughs> it's easy rider time. Now, if you didn't know, Easy Rider is where I give Justin a list of the mans an artist has made to a producer of a gig, and he's got to guess who this artist is through a series of questions. I've got a feeling he's going to get this one really quickly this this week. Last week, it took you about 15 minutes. (laughs) It took you ages. It took you ages, right? So this one. For a 2011 show in Northern Ireland, this artist was very specific about the brands of food and drink the artist wanted, as well as their need for workout gear on site. But the oddest inclusion was the requirement of a koi carp pond. There was always that little element where you go, what? (laughs) Who is the artist? If you are listening, please shout it out before he gets it. Is it a single artist playing on the road? A single artist? Yes. Did they used to play in a band? They have played in a a band or a group of sorts. And that was the big famous one? No. No? Are they big and famous now? They must be. The big and famous now, yes. In order to demand a koi cut, koi cut. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like some do-it-yourself music. I don't know anyone who could demand a koi cut just like that. Um, are they male? Yes. Is it Robbie Williams? No. Oh. That's um, one guess down. I thought, uh, I don't know why Koi Carp is just. <laughs> He's probably brilliant. He likes fish. He likes yeah. carp. He likes spots. With a... <laughs> a male. Someone who likes fish. Hmm. 
I'm I'm just throwing red herrings out here, by the way. <laughs> is it Ronan Keaton? No. Um, think about someone who likes fish. Did you get my joke, by the way? No, what? I'm going to throw out some red herrings. Uh, yeah, I get that. But don't. But don't? Uh, well, I've just done Are they British? No. Are they American? Yes. Ah, right. That narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> Be easier if it was English. I'm getting hung up on are they in a band? Well, them used to be in a group. No, don't say used to be. Have appeared in a group, I'll say, as an, um, of an extra tip. Have appeared in a group? What, yeah. like... Um, um, yeah, God, it depends how much you know of this artist that they have... Maybe you don't go down that road. Because all the people, people who know this artist will go, oh, yeah, you did that group thing for a bit, and or now and again, they go into that group. I'm thinking pop music. Are they pop music? Crossover. Yeah, well, can, yeah, charts in the charts. Chart music, yeah. Chart music, yeah. Have they ever played at the Brits? Probably. I can imagine. There was a point where this person was really famous. So it's not Michael Jackson? No. Even though he'd loved fish. He was a massive. He used to like get fish and dangle it out the windows. He used to get this, have the fish to stay over. And You said I was going to quit. I thought you would. I thought you'd ask the right question. What, what questions am I not asking? Have you named the types of music and, you know, That's what kind of... Chart music. Chart music. Is that it? All like, right. Yeah. I just sort of lumped that into one. <laughs> yeah. Chart music, then funnel out. There's other other parts of that. Right. Let's do time. Anyone got any guesses? Anyone watching who this uh, artist is? The, oh, I've got a guess for someone, but it's not it's not that person. No. You're on the kind of the right lines though. So this see this see if Dave can get it before you. John Lennon. <laughs> um, it, are they active now? Um, they are active. Yes, Dave just said fish in a lake, right? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen what they actually were able to get. I'm guessing like some traveling mobile koi carp pond. <laughs> Who has the power? To demand a mobile koi carp pond. I'm throwing out another red herring by focusing on that. Might would have oh no, he's he's not active now. He's definitely not active now. I've checked. Elton John. You can't just you can't just just ask more questions. You can't otherwise you're gonna name everyone. You haven't even asked but Pin down the genre of music or anything. As soon oh, as you do right. that, you'll get it. Um, are they rappers? Yes. Yes. Uh, it's not like Eminem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What group was he in? Um, he was in a... twelve. Yes, D twelve, isn't it? What's the forgot about Dre or whatever it was? What was the only? What was the this... Big track they had. 
Not forgot um, about Dre. Purple. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. Something to do with that. I can't remember. So yeah, it's pretty good. So you got there in the end. The Koi Carp, did that help? <laughs> I'm going to no. say no. <laughs> you know, it never helps what they get. Maybe the gym equipment might have helped. His new album, by the way, is really good. Is it? I haven't checked it out. I haven't checked out his last album either, although I did like the Venom track. <laughs> I thought the Venom track in the film, Venom, was pretty good. But, you know, no, it is good. It's... Um... Uh, his earlier stuff, yeah, was it was good, but it was overproduced in yeah. some um comedy. In yeah, the, it's it's not comedy now. I mean, his his albums have always been not comedy, I suppose. Mm. Um, I'm I, not I, the freaking biggest fan of Eminem. Yeah, yeah. you just check but in now and again. His New album, this one and the last one. Um, from a skill perspective, you know, his ability is just unreal, and also from the sound of it. Well, the Dave's the... a right, by the way. <laughs> oh, uh, good, you know, it's it's really good, it's worth a listen to. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll check it out. I think I switched off from Eminem when I saw him appear in a track with Rihanna. And I don't know. It, it, I liked Eminem coming back because he always had a track about coming back. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's me, Eminem. I'm back again. And I'm like, and they were always funny, and the videos were funny. I'm not even into comedy music, but those they were quite funny. Those ones, it but is, I, they, it got serious. I will check. I will check it out. It's political and it's hard all the time, and it's sharp. I think you didn't he. I'm sure he might have played at the Oscars. He might have done the um, eight mile track, you know, the whatever track. I can't remember the name of it now. Mum's Spaghetti <laughs> song. And that's all I can think of. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sing it. What? Not... Was yeah. it this year? I'm sure he did it the other day. Yeah, at the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Unless it was like showcasing an old track, an old one, but it was like a recent upload from the Oscars channel. I'll have to check it out. I will watch it. Anyway, we've come to the end of the podcast. Justin, this is the end of episode 16. Uh, if you want to listen to this podcast in an audible form, then just check the link down below. I've got an anchor link, which will go anywhere to any desired podcasting affiliate. Um, if you want to if you want to sponsor the podcast or help the podcast out, I've got a Patreon link down below, which helps this keep this channel going as well. Also, I want to start putting out this Facebook group link because I think I want to get people on the Facebook group because I really want people to jump in there and start helping each other out and giving tips for other artists. Um, every couple of days I ask a question of like things like, uh, how did you come up with your name? Just in case anyone else is struggling to find out their name, like we've discussed. Or talk about you know your worst gigs or things like that. Something you can kind of like tips for other artists. So I'm going to give that out. Um, I've tried to get you on the group as well, haven't I? I think you're in the group. I'm not sure. But anyway, that is the end of the podcast. I've been Mr. DJ. I always said that way, right, one way around. I've been Stephen, aka Mr. DJ, and you've been Justin, aka Jew. I have. I'm always him. <laughs> right, we're going to do our freeze frame and go. Uh, thanks, Dave, for jumping in there with the chat. Uh, hopefully see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.